Hello. Jordan. Hi. Hey, audience. What's up? And hey to me. How's it going? It's going pretty good. We are in the month of probably October, I think. I think, yes, this is our first October episode. Wow. And we've been bringing in the thrills and the screams and the scares this month as we've been covering the Fear Street movies. Indeed. And today, what in the world are we covering, Jordan? Fear Street, part three, 1666, or as I like to call it, one, six, six. And, you know, we'll do a bit of recapping, even though you're probably hearing this, you know, very close together, but... Netflix decided to come out with this series. Um, they came out one week apart. They came out one week apart. They were going to come out one month apart in theaters, but then COVID hit. Netflix buys these movies. And, you know, we have a thing on this show, which is we only do theatrical releases. That way we don't get caught in, you know, some weird direct-to-home to video mm-hmm. sequels and stuff like that. But we made an exception for Land Before Time for our anniversary episodes. And then we stopped doing that because the second one was so bad, we knew that if we watched the other, the now, remaining now 12. single entries that are just movies we love but we'll never be able to talk about. On our anniversary episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then with this, I just thought this was too interesting that Netflix did this weird thing. It was getting good reviews and we're right in the time of season where we'd want mm-hmm. to do some horror. So let's cover it. And so here we are. We're covering the third entry. Um, but much like the movie, we're starting in a different place. We're, we're jumping around timelines of our own podcast because we didn't intro and say, this is the Macabre Podcast universe. Oh, yeah. And we exist to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And that's it. Yeah, that's the show. So, um, let's see. We're we're talking 1666. We both liked 1994, right? Well enough, yeah. It was pretty good. Pretty solid. The second movie was also, like, story-wise, like, pretty good, but also, like, you heard some rant and rave. No, you heard some ranting on that one. Yeah. I was not. Cr- I I would say I liked the first movie quite a bit, and I didn't really like the second. I movie. would probably fall under that umbrella as well. It and wasn't like it just, turn off. It just or a lot of it didn't make sense, unfortunately. And then this movie, I liked it a lot. I liked this one a lot, and here's what I think. Okay, so I think this one. We'll just say right away. I think this proves our tagline: sequels are better than the originals. Because yeah. I think this movie's better than the first movie. I kind of wonder, I was thinking about this while we were watching it, if, I, I do like that it's kind of told backwards, or uh, uh-huh. backwards? Yeah, it is. Kind of. It kind of is. Um, but I'm curious if this just all around it would have been better if it was like the f- 1994, 1666, and then the f- aftermath. And that no being, 78. No 78. That being said, this movie is basically two movies in one because you get all mm-hmm. of the settlement part, the 1666 part, and then we're back in 1994 and they finish everything. And I yeah. thought that usually I would usually tend to like think that that's going to be very laggy. And it was not. I know. I and was they sort both of got a lot that. of time to tell their stories. Yeah. I really liked it. But 17, 19, sorry, 1978 was just like. 
not that fun to me. Had a lot of issues with it. Uh-huh. And it, it is, it, it's also just like, you have 1994, 1978, and then we're going to go hundreds of years back to 1666. Yeah. I, I, and I know they probably only were able gonna were only able to do three movies. I get that, but it would have been more fun to to maybe see more of what happened in between 1994 and 1666. So maybe here's maybe even 1994 is the same. Mm-hmm. The second movie is all that happened that got to the point. So so it's, it's not just 1978 and 1666, but it's all the other ones. Okay. I don't know how to write that movie. Yeah. But I I would be I think that's potentially better. Okay. Because this movie's very exposition heavy, the series. Mm-hmm. And then you end the series with them solving everything. Okay. Okay. That's, that's an a, idea. Off the top of the dome. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow I won't agree with it. It's just seventy eight was just the weakest link in so many ways. It definitely was. And I'm just trying to think of what would have been better. Yes. Um but what I so what I do what I what I want to acknowledge though is that the ninety four kind of is like a play on modern horror yeah slasher of course and then nineteen seventy eight I I think almost more important than like the story is just the idea since this is a slasher series. You know, it's like they're covering the 70s, the lakeside thing. This is very Friday the 13th. Yeah. So it sort of feels like they kind of have to do that. In, no, in I, a, get, in a I way. get it. I'm just trying then, to think of outside of in, the references. In 1666, you have like the witch stuff. So yep. it's like you're covering the different... Uh, phases and horror. Phases of horror. So in that regard, I like it. Yeah. But I do agree with you that... Thematically, 78 really is not the best. Great concept. Really yeah. great. Um, but what I like about this movie is it, uh, I feel like it actually fixes a lot of the problems I had in the previous two movies. Okay. So those would be, I thought Sheriff Good in 94 was like really bad. His acting was really bad. But once it's contextualized and you know that he's the bad guy, it makes me feel like, oh, if I watch 94 again... I'm going to know that, and I won't think his acting's bad because yeah. he's, like, double-crossing everybody. And then I also think knowing that Nick Good is bad in in 1978 makes that movie a little more interesting. Okay. And so I, I feel like this movie sort of was a little bit... It made me feel a little bit like you should have trusted this series, Micah, because they, they were able to fix a lot of those issues that you were having with the previous two. Do you, what do those you think about that? Those are still not good things, though. Yeah. Like, I don't think it fixes it to the point where it is like, oh, I think I like that those parts of the movie better. It not it doesn't fix it for me in it, that way. Yeah. It definitely fixes the the Nick Good stuff in the camp for me. Okay. All, all of... all It fixes the sheriff. Sure. All, all the good stuff in... in all three movies fixes after this movie. And throughout, the story has been really good. Very uh-huh. much enjoyed the story as a whole. Yeah. It's just like some choices like that we've talked about in terms of violence, like levels of violence and stuff like that have been just like odd. Yep. This one actually felt like it knew what it was the most. 
out that's of the other true. two. That's very true. Um, the the other thing that this movie, not I wouldn't call it go so far as to say a fix, but in 1994, I remember we talked about how they're when they're fighting the the ghosts at the end of the movie, and they kind of just willy nilly kill yeah. two of the main characters. It it just kind of felt unearned. Yeah. And again, I'm not arguing that this is a fix, but I do think it kind of sets up nicely in a way this feeling of no one is off limits. Yeah. And so in this movie, when they all fight at the end and they all survived, it was actually like as surprising as a death in the mo- in the series. Oh, I didn't even think about everyone surviving. Yeah, yeah, because I was I was like, okay, for sure Gillian Jacobs is dead. Yeah. Like when they went into that fight, I was like, there's no conceive I was seriously like, there's no conceivable way that she survives. Yeah, because this is like her redemption. You know, she gets back she gets yeah. what she needs to get done. And it's like, okay, Sam and Dino, Dina, they're not gonna die. Dino? <laughs> <laughs> but I I was kinda like, Henry could be on the chopping block. Yeah. And even the the graffiti guy, the 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 janitor. He's he could be on the chopping block too, but since since none of them died, it it felt like the other two movies. Even though we we felt like their their violence and all that stuff was kind of strange, it kind of paid off in this movie. Okay, I don't know if I agree with that, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm trying to find that character's name. Should we should we hit the notes here? Yeah, this will take me about two seconds. So this movie, like the other two, is directed by Lee Yaniak, screenplay by Phil Graziade and Lee Yaniak, and also Kate Treffrey, who has done a lot of staff writing on Stranger Things and a story editor on Stranger Things. Cool. And she's a written by credit on two of them. Everything else is the same, and it comes out July 16th, 2021. And those are all my notes. Martin is that character's name. Like we'll remember. Martin. Okay. Yeah, those are all my notes for this movie. Yeah, I don't have anything. I could actually mention Elizabeth Scopel plays Sarah Fear, like the real Sarah Fear. Oh, okay. It, um, yeah, was she in anything? Because I, I no, kind of felt some, like I recognized her. She's in Chicago her. Med, Skin the Wire, Local Hero. No, I feel like we're very early in her career. Okay. I think she might look like several other people yeah. as well but you only get like one or two scenes where you can really look at her you know yeah oh that guy the the guy that played dina's dad when she was in the 1666 i mean he's wearing a beard and everything so it's hard to tell but i was like i feel like i know who that guy is i think he's like a teacher in stranger things he's not the science teacher is he? i think he's the science teacher in stranger things how why not they don't look even remotely alike. That's crazy. I have to. I don't remember what he. I have to. Who's look the science that up. teacher to you in that show? He's the guy that looks a lot like our science teacher, Mr. Bennett. This is his IMDb picture. Right. Look. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. That's crazy. I don't. See, I. I. I gotta. <laughs> I you have haven't seen Stranger Things in a long time, though. But I. I looked, and I was like, that was the guy who was in my head. Oh, okay, with that beard, okay. That's just wild. I, I I never would have never would have guessed that. Well, there you go. The more you know. Okay. So I guess that guy too, he's the Stranger Things, everybody. <laughs> what's his name? Randy Havens. 
Randy Havens. Okay. So Let's the dive movie, into the, the plot. The last movie ended with uh, Dina returning the hand to Sarah Fear's body in the woods. And when she does that, it's like as if she's seeing a vision. And she comes out of like uh, some water. And mm -hmm. she is Sarah Fear. And your prediction at the end of the last movie was she is going to be, it's like she went back in time and she's in Sarah Fear's body. And maybe she can, can like change something. I, I thought that was definitely a possibility. I thought that she was just witnessing everything that happened. And you were correct. Yeah. That was what was happening. But you were kind of right, too, in terms of what happens at the end of this movie, I think. Well, what? tell me what you mean. That Sarah Fear comes back in Dina's body and finishes what oh, she... Oh, that's true. It's like She the, avenges her death. It's the reverse of what I expected. Kind of, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's the other thing that I liked about this movie is... It felt like kind of a reversal of horror movies where it was like this for two movies. We've been hearing about this witch, this witch, this witch. Yes. And as we're going in the 66, 1666, I was excited to watch this movie. I liked the locale change and going back yeah. in time. Salem witch trials. That's fun. But I was kind of like, what are we going to learn? That's new information to provide to this story. Because yeah. we know oh, what yeah, happened. I was thinking that too. And then when it kind of changes and we find out that she's not a witch, yeah, um, it, it felt like they actually did it in a way that didn't feel like they were just abandoning what they had set up. It just felt like a really nice payoff, and it made sense that this was the last entry in the series. Yeah. It, it was pretty good. I mean, I thought the twists in this, I mean, this is a very, like, young adult yeah. series. Yeah. I mean, high young adult because it's pretty graphic. Yeah. But um, the the twist in this, I got caught up in. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. It was um, fun. So let, let's let's dive in. So yeah, so Dina, so we'll now at this point in time refer to Dina as Sarah Fear because that's who it is. So Sarah Fear is, uh, the, the movie opens with her helping, like assisting their pig and giving birth with her brother. Oh yeah, very um, nasty. Yeah, and... <laughs> um. They so it's kind of like they they all live in the they live in the settlement. What's really cool is pretty much everyone in the last two movies is in this movie in mm -hmm. the settlement as different characters. I really liked that. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought that was cool as well. They probably saved so much money and time too, <laughs> like right. insane amounts. So that's awesome, and um, yeah. So so they're you know it's like settlement life and farm life. And it seems pretty peaceful and idyllic because it's these people in the new world mm -hmm. and it's this land has given them so much and it's very fertile and all that jazz. Typical settlement setup. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's like walking around town yeah. and she's seeing the young kids and they have this code. Um, what, what, I think I wrote it down. Full, they can enjoy the fruits of the land or something. Yeah. Full moon rising before nightfall. Something like yeah. that, like I think that's the second part of the code, and so all these they're they're walking around. We're seeing the old actors, but they're you know playing new characters, but they're basically the same characters, but in 1666. Uh huh. Um, and you know they're they're basically planning to have this party later. And I thought that was fun because when you watch settlement things, I know, you, you know, and it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm sure this happened. 
I don't even think the movie is yeah. trying to be historically accurate in any way, but it is like, why wouldn't te- like teenagers since the dawn of time have been sneaking away into the woods to dance and drink? You know, it, like, well, it was funny though because I, I, I liked it too as well. Yeah. But I was, I, I thought the opposite thing where I was like, I wonder if this ever happened. Like, I, I'm talking. Why, why wouldn't it happen though? Because they were living in such repressed times as well. Because this is Puritans, right? And they're definitely playing on that for sure. Yeah. Um, it well, just maybe, I don't know if maybe it, it was just in like this quantity of people. Maybe it was just shocking to me because I'd never seen a movie in this time period do that. Yeah. You know, they're having they're having like a dazed and confused yeah, out in the woods are. moment. Um to which I thought of the joke, think of Prince and think tonight I'm going to party like it's sixteen sixty six instead of nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Upside down. Don't know that song. Party like it's nineteen ninety nine. I don't know. One hundred percent you know that song. Okay. There you you incredibly unfamiliar it. with Prince. Well, I didn't really sing it because I got too gun shy, but I thought of that okay. joke and I was like it's, I'm going to drop it like a bomb on this podcast, and probably only Shane will like it. <laughs> well, I hope only Shane is laughing. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're going through the town. We find out Sarah Fear is supposed to be, like, to be married to Solomon Good. Yeah, which is a guy that he's like a widow. I think he's lost his child and wife to they don't even, it doesn't even matter, I think. It's just, he's yeah, an it's unfortunate. Like, it's, it's the 1600s. He, you died. <laughs> yeah, so it's he's just an unpo- unfortunate, unmarried, poor soul that needs a wife. Uh-huh. And he's a good man. Like, ever, no one has nothing bad to say about him. So it's like, I guess if she had to get married to anybody, good thing it's that guy uh-huh. kind of situation. But we also meet, uh, I think the character is Hannah Miller, but it's Sam in the yeah, first okay, movie. Yeah. Uh, but they, I mean, when they see each other, it's like sexual tension. So I was actually curious if that was going to like be a thing in this part right. as well yes which makes sense plot wise as the story goes forward which i i also wonder if there's so we have sam and dina who have this relationship in 1994 and then in the 1600s sarah and hannah have this relationship this like forbidden love yeah and i i wonder if you could read into this movie that like the reason that Dina and Sam are able to defeat the curse is because they're like the most similar to Sarah Fear and Hannah. Sure. Like whereas it, like no one else had a chance because they could never understand truly what Sarah went through. That makes sense. Which is kind of kind of interesting. I feel like yeah, it stitches like the that. series together. It's like good. a good parallel uh-huh. for all of that. Um once again, you and I were shocked at the just because it feels like Because <laughs> they're teenagers. Well, not even that because it also well whatever. It yeah, just was it, it. Not even that. It just it just um because th- there's another like sex scene in this, and we were just again. I just felt like wait. I keep thinking that this is for Stranger Things and like kids this yeah. series because it's not like the content is not super adult, but then there's like this these but sex this, scenes. This like adult content. Yeah, I don't know the adult part of young adult. So, but which just I think it is just. The people who who wrote it and were involved were like, "This is for the Stranger Things fans." But Stranger Things aired a while ago, actually. They're teenagers now. Yeah, maybe like that's old, it. They can handle it now. I don't know. <laughs> it does. It, it does very much seem like they're going for that audience. So yeah. So they're they're having all the kids are dancing, eating berries. <laughs> you know. The, yeah, they're getting high. They're, they're, they're <laughs> which tripping. Which is pretty funny. And which they got from the witch's place. The real. That, witch. Oh, that's right. That's important. So before they go there. Sarah, Hannah, and 
I don't know the character's name, but she was like Dina's good friend in 1994. Yeah. Um, they go to what is presumed to be the witches where this, this widow lives mm-hmm. and they go into her house and it's very creepy. I got to say though, most of this movie and it go, we've already talked about it in the series. I couldn't see a darn thing through a lot of this part of the movie because it was all took place at night. But all of the all of the blacks are like grays, yeah. so there's no like true black yeah. in terms of yeah. contrast of what I'm looking at. So it was so hard to see what was it going was on. I it's so I, annoying. Genuinely, if you watch this movie, please text us or go to our Facebook page, the Macaw Podcast Universe Pandemonium, uh, and. And let us know because I'm I'm actually serious. I I, w- Did I want else to know feel this way. Like if if it was hard to see the night stuff. Yeah, and maybe I mean I have an eye doctor appointment, and maybe that'll clear a lot of it up for me. <laughs> uh, well, I just got back from one and got new glasses. So. That's true. So yeah, so they're in the 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 witch's house, and there's a lot of witchy stuff in there, mm-hmm. including a crow. And every time I see someone have a crow as a pet, it's just like man. I yeah. want that. But uh, Sarah finds this book and it's full of witchcraft, presumably, and like deals with the devil, uh-huh. hexes, blah, blah, blah. And I do I do like, so like Sarah's looking at it and she's like saying the names of like these demons and then saying like Satan's name. And yeah. I do like that like later on when she thinks this is all happening because of her, I liked Good's answer to it. Yeah. We'll Let's get, save that. Yeah. But so yeah, so she kind of like does this presumably incantation reading mm-hmm. reads it aloud um and then they're caught by the witch and they get thrown out yeah and they get the berries but they're at this party and hannah and sarah go off alone it gets amorous and someone sees them yeah and they there's they stop well and and there's one guy and his hair worked for me in this movie um in, in the guy from 1978 oh, it did i'm like did they have him grow his hair out for that because they could have styled it differently if they did. Yeah, because it's so, still no excuse. So uh, I think I think in both movies, I think his name is Thomas, the character. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. And in 1978, his hair is like atrocious. Oh, it it is like I feel bad for that guy. Yeah, because he's supposed to be like the cute boyfriend. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but he's no. not very cute. <laughs> but in this movie, he looks crazy. And I was saying solely he's... based on the hair. I... Yeah, yeah, and and he he looks like. Um, you know, he's like the classic, the town crazy. Yeah. You know, that stereotype. And so, you know, when when someone sees them in the woods, it's like, oh, it's definitely that guy. Yeah. And he's definitely telling everybody about it. Yeah. Um, and, and he's he's you know, he's the kind of guy if he lived today, he would be in the center of Las Vegas with um a, a cardboard around him that says like you are going to hell with a megaphone. Yeah. Does that happen a lot in Las Vegas? It does. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He. I guess that makes sense. One of the the like preacher uh, and prostitution and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, but you know he he's like the 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 Baptist the the Uh fiery Baptist fire and brimstone. Yeah. Yeah. But also the town drunk. Yeah, which is there's a lot of irony in that. Yes, definitely. Um, so then it's the next day, and um they're they're okay so pigs all die so the pig that had just given birth to this new litter ate the piglets yes which is it happens (laughs) but it's unusual Mm -hmm. um and she and then um hannah comes to her house and says like you have to help me my something's wrong with my dad and her dad is the preacher of the town 
Oh, I didn't track that. How stupid. Yeah. That's okay. And so they they <laughs> they go to Hannah's house and he and we know what's happening to him based on the other movies, which is fun, I think, where he has like the flies whizzing around him mm-hmm. and he's very he just looks dead, like his skin is very pasty yeah. and he's murmuring. Uh-huh. Almost in like in another language, you know, like some demonic tongue, like Latin or something <laughs> like Latin, like that's demonic. <laughs> I'm just saying in a lot of movies when there's demonic stuff, usually it's Latin for some reason. Right. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why, it's, that's why they call it the dead language. Do they call Latin the dead language? It's a dead language. It is? Yeah. Have you not seen Rushmore? It's been a long time. Okay. But you know, I've seen it. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, they're they're trying to figure out what's wrong with her dad, and he's mumbling. And then the mom comes in and she's like, "You two, I know, I know what's going on with you two. And she she throws her out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then as she's walking around, she sees that her dog was is at the bottom of a well, like hung up in the rope of the and well. it, it so, like the well is now poisoned. Yeah, and and this is all really cool because you know it does feel like a curse. Yeah, it's cool because I think when Dina goes home too, like all of their food is rotten. And that's right. You're right. And when she's walking around town before she finds her that her dog is dead in the well, like like people are the the camera is cutting to other people who have like rotten food. Like the land is now like rejecting yeah. them, kind of thing, which is I love that stuff. Yeah, the the shot where where Caleb is walking and he yeah. takes a bite of the apple and it's all black inside. Yeah, and it's slow motion. I mean, that was a really great Very great cool. sequence. And and so now I'm kind of going. Well, how does you know as 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 accusations start getting thrown around and stuff like that? You're going. Well, how does Sarah Fear have? Because she's not a witch right now. No. And I and mean, again, that's what I think is cool about yeah. telling this part because we are learning new information. Yeah, and especially so at the more you know a couple minutes ago when she's in the witch's house and she's like looking at everything as if she's seeing it for the first time because she is and she's opening that book for the first time it's like oh does this awaken her like doing witchcraft mm-hmm. like like her seeing this is something traumatic going to happen to her and she's going to rush back to this house to do witch stuff that's what I thought was going to happen yeah um I thought maybe it was like a byproduct of something she would do in the the movie you know, like like we'd find out that Sarah Fear is actually innocent, but she accidentally like did this curse or something sure. strange like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it is more interesting that it's a scapegoat because yeah, it has been teased for us for two movies. Well, and and it is it is cool too because in the last movie they were able to you know put her body to rest, and so why did that not work? And then once you find out, like, well, the problem is not it's not her her. It's this guy. And once that's, you get rid of him, that's just then, good storytelling right yeah. there. So, yeah. So is that when they have the town hall? Me- oh no, it's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're forgetting a big, a part. very graphic children violent thing. Uh-huh. Again, I would say it did not. It wasn't as like insane to me as the last movie, but it's no. pretty insane. No, well, this one felt more story driven and more interesting than than in the camp when you know he walks in and just kills a bunch of little kids, and you're kind of like. Uh-huh. Yeah, Th- this one felt more story driven, and and I was more invested. So so the yeah. pastor is in in the church, and he's possessed, and they have to like break in because all the doors are barricaded, and all the children are in there, and and none of them have eyes, mm-hmm. and including himself, gouged out, and he does not have eyes, and 
So Isn't it gross when they he's walking inside and all those eyes are on the floor. Yeah, I thought it was someone's face for a second. I just didn't know what it was until oh, okay. they showed the pastor. Yeah, and then he says, "Um, I can see everything now." Um, which you know. That's always fun when they say stuff like that. Yeah. And he's tapping like his eye scooper. I don't know what you call it, but he's tapping it against the the pulpit. You know what this made me think? Uh Uh-huh. I really want to read Jerusalem's Lot again. Salem's Lot? Jerusalem's Lot. The short story. The short story? Okay. Um, And then I would also read Salem's Lot again. Uh Uh-huh. But there is a, a show that is coming out starring Adrian Brody about Jerusalem's Lot. Oh, there called is called Chapel White or something, and, and it's I think the it's Stephen on, King. Yeah, and it's I think it's I don't know if it's like because it's not called Jerusalem's Last, so I wonder if it's taking a lot of liberties, right? Um, and I think it's on like a streaming service that no one has, so like Showtime or something. I don't even think it's Showtime. Oh man! But uh, I was like, man, I'm kind of in the mood for a show like that. Too bad I'm not going to watch it. Who has Showtime that we know of? Just no in the world. Who has Showtime? Every like once a month, my we would get it for free for one weekend. Uh huh. And that just yeah. It it feels like it's just only for rich people. Like ah, I have Showtime. Yeah. But it also is kind of like come on, cancel your Showtime and get another service. Come on. But I don't really know. I don't want. I don't see That's, any other shows. Well, isn't the um, Benicio del Toro? Paul Dano show on a isn't that yeah, a Showtime show? I think that's Showtime. We'll never watch it. I think they it's also it's also on like Prime or something. Okay, but it's just always weird when it's weird to me that Showtime is still something in existence, knowing that I know no one who has it. Yeah, maybe you it know? is just rich people. Yeah, mm. that's probably it. Yeah. So, pastor has done this stuff. Then the town gets together. They have a council, and this is when it turns into. Blame game, uh, 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 Salem witch trial kind of thing where yeah. it's like, well, I saw this person doing that. That's why there's a curse. Yeah. And all the while, Solomon Good is trying to voice be the voice of reason. Yeah. And say, whoa, whoa, I think we're jumping to conclusions. And then, um, who is it? Caleb, I think. He says, well, I saw Hannah and... It was Thomas. Thomas says it. Yeah. Actually, I think it is Caleb, and then Thomas no, confirms Caleb, it. No, Caleb's like defending people, because people, people. So I think what they were first talking about was like if people found out that the child, like the teenagers, were out in the woods. Uh huh. And I think Caleb is out there like defending them being out there because he. Does, I don't. I'm sure that he doesn't say anything bad. Well, about them because Caleb, or maybe I'm getting the names wrong, but one of them says that, like he tried to come on to Hannah. That's not Caleb. And she rejected well, unless... him. And then he's the one who says, I saw them. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I saw them two getting it on in the woods, and then everyone else confirms it. Yeah. And it becomes... Oh, his name's just Caleb. So I think earlier you referred to Caleb when I thought you were talking about a different character. I think, yeah. Isaac. I, I, I was talking about Isaac with the apple. Okay. But yeah, you're right, Caleb. So... Caleb blames them, and then the whole time... I like this uh, shot where it's cutting... It, the, the camera's in the same spot, and then it's showing different people at the pulpit, and there's no way they all saw them that night, but they're all confirming that they've seen this happen. Yes. And it becomes this, this tale of the mob mentality, mm-hmm. which usually people who are in 
groups that are uh, not the normal, like status quo, that like a mob mentality is really easy to be accomplished. Yeah. Do you remember watching The Crucible in school? Uh-huh. And like there was the kind of a similar scene. Oh no, I don't remember. Uh, I remember. I'm just watching curious it if it, it if it like escalates in a similar way. Is it because that's the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it being really good. Yeah, I I just don't I just remember Daniel Day Lewis is in it and Winona Ryder. I always forget that she was in it, but so they're making all these judgments and. Then it's basically like, we got to get these two, we got to hang them, get rid of the curse. Mm-hmm. And so Hannah and uh, Sarah run away, and as they're running away, Hannah gets nabbed. Yeah. And We didn't mention, before this town hall meeting and before the children are found, um, murdered by the pastor, that is when Sarah goes to, what's that guy, Good. Uh-huh. Um, and she is telling him that she, she tells him everything. And she also That's tells right. him like, I think I'm the one who did like, I'm cursed and this is all my fault because of what I did. And she, she specifically is referring to reciting something from that book mm-hmm. in the, in the witch's home. And he says, just by saying something doesn't mean that you're like invoking a curse. You have to like reach for it. And like your heart has to be open to it. Yeah. And I really liked that. I liked that too. And yeah. it, it was good too. Cause I mean, like they, they just did a good job of like, there was no, no confusion on that either because when she did do it earlier in the movie, it truly did just feel like that part of the movie where the character is just saying things out loud so we can hear what she's saying. Well, yeah, it felt like a, uh, you know, evil dead. Like they open up the book and they're like, Oh, this is kind of funny. What's this book? And then they, yeah. they accidentally opened up a portal to hell. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, for her, for him to be like, no, you have to choose. Yeah. I like that. And I, I just kind of like that, that morality is, I, I, that's an interesting thing to ponder. And I think it's especially interesting because he is telling her what he did kind Uh of, you know, like that's, he's telling, he knows this because he's done it. Right. I didn't even think about that. A nice added layer just to the character in the story. Yeah. So yeah, so then, so Hannah is kidnapped, Dina's running away, um, and Hannah does tell her, like, you you do need to leave, like, you just need to run away, just don't even, like, risk your life for me. So, uh, but Dina's still trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. with this whole thing, and she does run to Good's house, because he is the last person she can trust. Yep. And he... um she she tells him what is the thing she tells him she's talking I about a curse remember. she's still talking about the curse or something and remember he asks her th- a thing like does anyone else know oh yeah which is classic if if a character asks that when you're trying to keep a secret in a movie that character's a bad guy yeah and and right before that you were like oh it's totally solomon isn't it and i was like oh oh i guess you're probably <laughs> right yeah because I, I try so hard not to follow the twist. Yeah. I know you do, too. Um, but some but then when he said that phrase, I'm like, oh, no, he's definitely behind everything. It's fun. I don't know. For, yeah. for this kind of movie. Oh, yes. It fun. is. It is. It, it, I felt, I didn't feel like it dragged us down or anything. No. And, and the movie's going so quick. I mean, we're only yeah. like 40 minutes in. And it it was happening. going kind of quick enough that I was like, how long is this movie? <laughs> right. And then you remember, oh, yeah, there's a whole... I didn't know Extra that they were going to spend that long. Yeah. In the 1994. Yeah. 
But then, you know, Sarah goes into like this cave, I think. And yeah, so she ends up um, in the underground from uh-huh. 1978 with all the passageways. Well, it's it's where they put the stuff in 1978. She doesn't go to 1978. No, but I'm saying in 1978 when they were wandering around the passageways, yeah. that's where she is currently in 1666. Yes. I was just clarifying in case someone hasn't seen it because it, it was worded like okay. she, she went to a different time period. She stays there. Yeah. And then Good cuts off her hand. That was pretty intense. Yeah. Well, I guess we should say before he does that, she actually stumbles upon the room with the symbol and the fire and all the slabs of stone, and he tells her everything. That he basically summoned the devil um, because so much bad had gone for him and his family, like he lost his wife and child, that he felt like all he really had left was to turn to the devil because God didn't, you know deliver him so um but basically to summon the devil that means he has to give something you know mm-hmm. and so what it is is that name gets written on the stone so he's like giving a soul and that basically it's one of those things where it's like well if you give me one person i'll give you what you want and your land will be prosperous Asterix, i'm possessing that person i'm going to kill more people with that person yeah. But you don't know that. Yeah. So, you know, he's thinking like, what's one person every century or every couple centuries? And it's like, it's not just one person. It's a lot of people because right. that person kills people. I like that. That is so good. So I started thinking in this section is because they're using the same actors throughout. Is this good? Is I mean, is he like a Pennywise where he's all knowing evil throughout all time? Um. But, of course, later you find out it's a legacy thing, kind of sins of the father, mm-hmm. which plays well with the whole, you know, if the land is cursed or not kind of thing. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we don't quite know that yet. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought that, too. But then I remember, I, I think they would have figured, I don't think they would have casted a younger person in the last movie to be a good. Right. And then I remembered the whole legacy thing that he was hung up on. Oh, yeah, because, oh, that does, because in 78, the cop tells him, like, you're going to be a cop one day when he's at the, the camp, cop right? cop with the bad wig? Yes. Probably, yeah. He says something to that effect. That kind of fixes a little more on that movie. Not the wig. Not the, the wig is unforgivable. Yeah, that, a lot of the hair in that movie. Much like, uh. Uh, uh, the best picture winner with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman. That was the that's, bucket list. That's unforgivable. That's a best picture winner. Uh huh. Unforgivable. Oh, I thought you were talking about the bucket list. No, Clint Eastwood has nothing oh, he's to do not with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> nope. <laughs> They're both old though. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Have you seen Unforgiven? I watched that with your dad. Just me and your dad hanging out one night. What does that sound like? Where a was weird dream where was I, I? You were probably working at Roguer. And I came over early-ish. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I mean, we were together. So this is pre-marriage. Pre-marriage. And maybe you told me at a certain time to come over. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember exactly, but then your dad's like, oh, you haven't seen Unforgiven? It's so good. And then we watch it, <laughs> and, it and it's a good movie, but there was like a prostitution situation in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> It'd be weird if maybe I was watching this with my dad, but it's even weirder watching this <laughs> with my, and he's probably listening to this right now. It was, I it, it, I remember it being a very enjoyable experience, uh-huh. but 
I mean, that was just kind of funny. Yeah, I, I it's definitely ringing a bell. Like I, I sort of remember that, but I just can't figure out what situation that would be. You probably were at work, we're, but or but practice. like I was at work for two and a half hours. You know, that's the confusing part for me. Maybe you told me to come over whenever I wanted, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to come over at this time." Or your parents invited me over for dinner. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Very strange movie. Well, I'm glad you've seen it. It's a great movie. Yeah. So did you say something about it being not a good picture winner? No, I said it was a best picture winner. Okay, because I translated my brain as the bucket list. Right, you did. Which is like, that wouldn't make sense if that one best picture. (laughs) (laughs) No. Have you seen that movie? I have not. No. Um, I think it's Jack Nicholson. (laughs) It is Jack Nicholson, yeah. He literally (laughs) kicks the bucket when he dies. Did you know that? No. He literally kicks the bucket. What do you mean? You know the the, the yeah, saying, No, I know the phrase, but I mean, like, how does that happen in a movie? Like, it what? happened in that movie. He kicked a bucket, and he that when he died, he kicked the bucket. That's pretty on the nose. You know what? That, I hope I'm remembering it correctly. You know what that movie brought us was John Mayer's "Say What You Need to Say." Why he wrote it for the movie? Why? Because they hired him to write a movie for, or a song for the movie. And if you watch like the music video, the music video is like him playing it, cutting inner intercutting oh, between those clips from videos? the movie. Yeah. So say what you need. Yeah, say is is from the bucket That's list. Weird. Yeah. But maybe not really. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. and it's a pretty good song, but it's not one of his best. It's just like the bucket list. Really. Yeah, you need to say what you need to say. Hmm. But what's funny is. Just to refresh our listeners on something that happened two minutes ago, I was trying to make a really insane, stupid joke by saying, (laughs) much like the officer's wig, or much like the best picture winner with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman, the officer's wig is unforgivable. So, But the movie's called Unforgiven. It is! Oh, crap! I I said that like two minutes ago. Okay. But I think by then Thank you for what listening. Joke you were Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw and listen to our episode on Kill Bill Volume 2 and Volume 1. Oh. And next week it's Scream. So thanks for listening, everybody. So, yeah, he slices off her hand and it is like. It's pretty gruesome. It's pretty gruesome. It's not a clean, clean swipe off of the hand. It's like. No. Let me cut off three quarters of your hand and then wrench off the rest of it as we're struggling. Yeah. But that hand is going to stay together. Those bones are going to stay together for 400 years. They truly are. And not witchcraft related. Because remember, even in the last movie, this, either we said this on the podcast or it was while we were watching the movie and we were talking about how like bones, th- that, that's not possible scientifically. Yeah. And, and guys, we know it's a movie. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, maybe it's a witchcraft thing. That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I, On uh, last week's episode, I was okay. like... Maybe it's witchcraft, but this is like before she's a witch and stuff. And she's like not even a witch, so. I don't care. I don't no, care. No, no, it's no, no, just no. a funny thing we to talk about. We were already getting nitpicky for some of it for right reasons. Well, like the Boston. unforgiven wig. Yes. There we go. But so, you know, cool story-wise, we're seeing all of these things happening that we know about from the last two movies. So he slices off her hand and it is where it's found Yeah. in the last movie. And uh, we do have, like, especially during this sequence, there's little flashes where uh, that the actress who plays Dina turns into the actress who is Sarah Fear. Yes. So it's kind of like reminding you, like, this is what happened. Yeah. Um, this is the memory, and this is really Sarah Fear. 
Yeah. I, I, that part was very cool. I liked that. And then eventually... So she's kind of trying to get out in all the same ways that they did in the last movie because she tries climbing out of that hole, which yep. is where the outhouses are. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she successfully gets out by kicking up through the floor. Much like uh, Izzy's Nancy. sister? Yeah, Ziggy. Ziggy's sister. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then they get out and she, Sarah... Basically, they capture Sarah. They capture Hannah. I like how it's done. Yeah. So she comes up and she's at the pulpit. Comes up from underground. It's kind of like... Oh, right, right. That's poetic. Yeah. And she stumbles out of the church. And the only person who sees her at first is Hannah. And it's just crazy because Sarah is very much like... Well, in shock. Uh Well, it's just shock. She's in shock. And it was just like they had that... I like that they like had that moment it wasn't even a moment of you're alive it's like what's going on yeah and then good comes up behind her and is like i found the witch yeah and and i I do want to mention something that i took on my notes is this what's cool also about this you know you have three horror movies making many horror movies can be tough Uh uh-huh um, I think, you know, having the same production, the same script, it all planned out ahead of time, that's most, helpful. Wouldn't you say that most horror movie sequels are not planned? Right. They just go, oh, it made money. Let's make another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do I do like how this movie's playing on fears of a crowd, which is which is like the the scariest villain in this movie is the mob. The mm-hmm. the um just loudest opinion is mm-hmm. the right opinion. And that's almost like scarier than the other stuff in the in the series. Yeah, you know because that that um, that's like something we can all relate to, where it's like, is, is no one going to see truth in this situation? Yeah, but just because everyone's yelling and everyone agrees with that yelling, we're gonna get punished because of that. Right. So that I think Good that job. is a really great part of this movie. Yeah. Then they take them to the tree, the famous tree. The tree that stands in the mall years later. And Sarah says, it was me. I did it. I'm the one. To basically save Hannah. Oh, and I forgot earlier. Yeah, when she goes down to the cave, isn't that when she decides, I'm going to choose. Like, what does it matter if we curse this town because they've already said we've done it. Let's just do it. He said that or she... No, remember she says that to Hannah? And then yeah. she chooses to curse the town. That's why she goes underground. Or she attempts to and then good attacks her. Yeah. I just kind of forgot the chronology of uh, events I kind of don't remember that. Well, because mem- remember when she's talking to Solomon earlier, he says you have to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I choose to do this She went now. back to the witch's house to find the book. Book's not there. Goes to Good's house. Finds yeah. it. Ev- finds everything. Yeah, and so yes, I yes, yes. I like that reversal where it's like, oh, she, I mean, does she curse the town? She does. No, at the end, but it's like a different kind. It's no, like she a vengeance curse. She, it, yeah, she never curses the town. But it is interesting that it's like she was driven to do it, like by the town, like the town made her the monster. Yeah. Um, and just that, the shady side drive makes all of its people uh, bad throughout the not bad, but like live in squalor and not be like sunny side. Yeah. In the other two movies. Yeah, I'm just like I'm just thinking I'm just thinking a lot of the witch right now because uh-huh. if you're thinking that it's kind of like an homage to those types of movies that we have today, 
because um, that movie was that movie a big success. Are you you're talking about the movie the, the movie witch. the witch? Oh yeah. Was it like a surprising success? I just can't remember. I mean, I didn't see it until like much after. It came I out. I th- I mean, I think it was. So this is the beautiful thing about horror movies is they have such low budgets. Their success, they don't have to make, they don't have to gross $2 billion to make a dime. Yeah. They have to, like The Witch probably made, you know, it probably was made on like a seven, $8 million budget. And then it, you know, makes 30, 40, $50 million and it's an amazing success. And critics liked it. Yeah. And it's, it's part of the foundation of A24. Because that's pre-hereditary. Yeah. That's pre-Midsommar. Um, good time even. So, I mean, that's, oh, it is? that's still them like, th- they're definitely becoming like an on the rise studio. I'd seen, I think only one movie by them pre. Do you know what it is? Uh, well, I'd seen the, the Rover before I saw the witch. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, I still haven't seen that. Good movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's like a nice little turning point for the studio of a 24 where they're like now we have even more cachet because we made this movie and people love this movie oh okay and so, i think it puts them a stamp on horror yeah because now they have now they do horror movies yeah and they're usually very artistic it- it's it's cool because too scary <laughs> it's cool because a 24 has like maybe the little more out there horror yeah and then blumhouse gets to do and I'm not saying this in a disparaging way, but it gets to do a little more standard horror. Yep. But you're still I'm still talking about like Jordan Peele, James Wan, yep. and M. Night in what I'm considering quote standard. And those guys are not standard. Anyway. Ab- well, it's just mainstream. You said that. Yeah, mainstream. But, yeah. That's a better word for it. So I'm just thinking about the witch in relation to this movie, and I'm not like comparing one to the yeah, it's just interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it is kind of like an homage to stuff like that. Um so, you know, it's a movie about, like, like you're saying, like, mob mentality and how terrifying that is. And it is, like, back then during the witch trials, that was a lot of what happened. Yeah. Was, was people, like, lying about stuff to, and it resulted in a lot of people's deaths. And it's interesting in The Witch that it's not, that's not what the movie is, really. It's, like, it's, like, more about isolation and how and and I think they it is about yeah. it is about those things but instead of making it about a whole town they just made it about a family because right. when that movie starts the family is already exiled so the family already feels That's right. They already feel kind of cursed because they were exiled from their community. Yeah. So that that's like a very interesting extra late i wonder if that's even a play on just that those types of movies of like they're even yeah. far removed they're outcasts from normality. And then within their tiny little unit, they're creating outcasts within each other. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember um, seeing the trailer for The Witch in theaters. I know, yeah. And I was so scared. Yeah. There was something about um, Black Phillip, the goat. Yeah. When it goat stands movie, up. When it stands up and it, like, grows. It, it, it's so subtle, though, I can hardly ever tell. Yeah, it, it like it, like grows a little bit or something i can't i I think he's like becoming a a man yeah but but it's just a a little bit of a shot and when i saw that in the trailer i said like i had this deep feeling where i was like i can't watch this like like this this is this would be wrong for me to watch this is how it felt in my gut i eventually watched it years later i i think even then if i'd have seen it i think it would have been too much for me but now that i'm older i watched it and i was like oh (laughs) this movie rules yeah 
And I think I watched it after The Lighthouse, which is the same director. You watched it close together. Well, Pre- I saw well, The Witch before you did. You did. Yeah, yeah, you and Lauren watched it. Yeah. Um, and and that was part of it where you were like, no, Mike, I'm pretty sure you can handle The Witch. Because yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch it. I think I told you guys, I'm like, I want to be gone when you guys watch that movie. Um, yeah. But then we watched The Lighthouse, which is also scary and really insane. But I was like, oh, I love this. And so then I, I kind of went, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger on The Witch. I like The Lighthouse more. I think The Lighthouse is objectively much better. Yeah. But though, I mean, if your first movie's The Witch... Uh, true very true and then next year the i think it's the north man i think is what it's called yeah which i think is about vikings right but it's a yeah. horror again i wonder if it if robert they're gonna eggers. do like a similar valhalla or, stuff is it roger eggers or robert eggers wait actually i, I think, think it's I have roger the, really they don't have it listed right here I I, I'm, I'm on the numbers that's why because i i wanted to say uh since we brought it up we're a movie podcast we try to be informed here so the budget of the witch was 3.5 million dollars that's insane that is no money um and then at the domestic box office it made 25 and at the worldwide box office it made 40 wow so a lot of money it made 11.6 times its it's production budget robert okay i don't know is it oh no uh let me see also, an early Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of like her first, like real, real. I think that notable um, movie. I think, I think Split is her breakout. But I think cool people say that The Witch is her breakout. If anyone saw The Witch, and I do think that that is her breakout. So I guess I'm saying I'm a cool person. Well, no, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Robert Eggers. Okay. So no, here, no, no. Actually, we talked about this in Split. Which is like the critical darling, yep. like who's this girl? Yep. And then Split is one hundred percent her breakout. Yeah. But I think we also said she would have. I believe she would still be as successful as she is currently if the split if if Split never happened and it was just the witch and then she made another she landed another role that was like a little bit more mainstream but not Split mainstream. I think the trajectory was always up for her. Definitely, but you can't underestimate. And I'm not saying like the split didn't do her any favors. Well, no, but I, I'm saying you can't underestimate the horror hounds who went out and saw Split. All, I mean, we're talking teenagers going on the weekend, and then all of a sudden it's like, what's this chess show? She was in Split. Let's watch this. That's number one on Netflix. You know, it's like, I think. What are you Sp- saying? I think Split. I don't think she would have the career she has without Split. That's okay. what I think. I think she has the she would have the talent either way. But yeah, I, we're not talking about her talent. I think it would have taken longer because the horror hounds. I think it would have taken longer too, but I think she would. Yeah. Continue to. <laughs> we're be arguing successful. about nothing, but I know it's very boring. <laughs> okay, so uh, they get out of the church. Uh, they're gonna kill him, and then Sarah says, "I'm the one who did it. I'm the witch," because she doesn't want Hannah to die. Yes. So they're gonna hang her. Yep. Uh, they they do it. Well, but before that, she says that she's never going to stop coming for good. And yeah. she's going to make the truth known one day. Yeah, and I think that is uh, for several centuries personified through that red moss. That's mm-hmm. like that's like her rage is like... Oh, okay. ...grown from that. Wasn't the red moss there, though, at the beginning of nope. this movie? No. Nope. It was when they were getting it on in the woods. There nope. was red moss. I don't remember red moss. There was a red flower. Mm, okay. All right. No red moss. Um, 
So then she dies, climactic. And then all of her friends are like, we're, we're not going to let her die this way. She's not a witch because they yeah, know the truth. Yeah, this was sweet. I, I remember like at this. the end of 1978, when they're digging up Sarah Fear's body, there's a stone there that says yeah. Sarah Fear will never die or lives on. I don't know. Yeah. And you, at the end of that movie, you were like, oh, crap. When did this happen? <laughs> yeah. And then you're seeing it happen immediately because her friends put that stone there that said that and they reburied her in the woods which i said explains the really bad burial job of because apparently her i mean there's a reason why you're buried six feet under if you're buried only a couple feet under the earth will will bring you up to the surface and it'll be putrid and animals will feast on you and you'll spread disease that's why you're buried six feet under (laughs) fun fact um it's just because in the first movie it's like i guess this person who died in 1666 bones are just out in the open yeah <laughs> that's kind of weird um well it, it, it's cool like so again this whole movie just recontextualizes the previous two movies and it's cool like something as ominous as this thing that says sarah fear lives on is now a symbol of sweetness and friendship and kindness yeah and love and then her being buried out over in this other place is also that. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like if if you were a listener and you had already watched all three movies, you might have been yelling at your podcast the last two episodes because there were things we pointed out that this movie kind of goes, oh, no, this, no, 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 this this was intentional. Those things you mm-hmm. didn't think were intentional, Micah, yeah. were actually intentional. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why this movie's better than the other two. Yeah, that's but why it, w- it exists to prove people wrong. When they say the sequels are never better than the originals. That's true. Um, so then we're at 1994. I believe so. So so Dina basically wakes up holding the bones because she had the, the entire vision. Yeah. She saw it all. And meanwhile, her brother is still up by the car and Officer Good shows up and is like, what's going on? And she comes up and gets her brother and they run right. away from him. Yeah. And and uh, one thing I just thought of too is it, it also makes sense. So if this is this familial thing where the legacy of them, the goods doing uh, uh, curses and killing people and stuff like that, it would make sense that they would also purvey this curse about Sarah Fear. Yeah. And if they're in law enforcement, they can just say stuff like, oh, it was just another crazy at the mall. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff, like, conspiratorially make even more sense about yeah. the, the series. So I, I just wanted to point out right. that. I, I, I like that. And I also want to point out, uh, uh, what did I say? What did I say? This was my second joke that I had prepared. Um, being this good has never been this bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. I mean, later in the movie, they spray paint good as evil. They do. So I think they kind of beat you to the punchline. Well, I I'm, I actually wrote you that. You riffed on their punchline? I, I wrote it before they talked to, to uh, Gillian. W- once I saw the sheriff again in this scene, I, I wrote it down. So Oy vey. I, I was a little confused when they go to the mall and they spray paint everything. I was like, what is this accomplishing? Like spraying like swear words at... Oh, I think it's just, ha ha, make <laughs> you mad. But I'm like... It, it looks visually good because there's all this neon stuff and neon paint and stuff. But I'm kind of like, you could have just spent more time uh, working on these traps. But were they? They're just like, I'm bored. Let's write. <laughs> good is evil. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, they go back to Gillian Anderson. Not Gillian Anderson. Jacobson? Gillian Jacobs. Oh, Jacobs? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. You're thinking of Abby Jacobson. Yes. Uh, we're getting all confused at the end of this. And so they come back to her house and they're like, we know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Being this good has never been this bad. A hilarious joke that I, only I have thought of. Um, and then they get the guy who gave them the card in the first movie. Okay, yeah. I still have issues with that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So in the first, at the end of the first movie, the guy that was in jail kind of the whole time and was trying to get... Martin, of course. Martin was trying to get dina's brother to like uncut like give him the keys to the cuffs that guy you know and he's he does him a favor and he's like gives him this business card and is like if you ever need help Mm -hmm. you know how to find me and they never show us what's on the card at the end of that movie and it is like it felt very random and it did also feel like i'm sure this will come back at some point otherwise that's so weird but i still think that they should have flashed what the card said that being said uh, again, I need to get my eyes checked. But in this movie, you know, her brother's like, oh, I know someone. And he pulled that card out. I couldn't read a <laughs> single know, word know, on I, that I, thing. I it's like, not. I mean, I think they just flashed it way too fast. Did it just say, like, did it just say he could did anything? Oh, well, you know, so. <laughs> we should have paused it. It's just, it's very funny. I mean, I don't, I don't, we don't need hand-holding in our movies. But it is funny because today I watched uh, safety last which is a movie from 1922 or 23 silent film with right. harold lloyd great movie loved it um but there's a point where he wrote a letter to his girl in the movie and of course she holds up the letter and because it's for all these audiences and back then there was no audio in movies they, they just sit on that letter for so long yeah. and, and it's written so legibly and you're just like okay 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 you're done reading. There's still like five seconds of it sitting up there. And then she turns, she like yeah, flips yeah, it yeah, over yeah, yeah. and you read the next part. It's like, ah, that was easy to read. That was a good time in film <laughs> when this is just, I think what confused me too is it's a business card. So like the, I don't know. I mean, it's not like, only does that, his business just, card say there janitor? Are words in so many different places. It's not a letter that goes <laughs> left to right. It's like one word's up in the corner on the it's left. It's not and like then another Martin word down attorney the... at law. It's like, no. <laughs> all spread out it probably says martin something somewhere I'm, here I'm, somewhere here somewhere here okay, it was okay. so confusing let's see uh fear street martin well and, and what was also confusing is is once again they talked about that weird oh it just says in this article he gives him a business card Dang it. Oh. Uh, it, it's also just weird because they they bring up again like they go to the mall and they're spray painting and stuff, and they're setting up all these traps. And then Martin says something like, wait, it was Good who did all the spray painting. And then it cuts back to that scene where Good is spray painting, and he's like, I'm the one who spray painted. <laughs> I'm kind of like, what is happening? It, it, it almost felt like there was one missing scene that kind of explained who this character was or something. Yeah. I'm scrub- <laughs> Oh, I found it. You, <laughs> are you scrubbing the movie on yeah. your phone? What does it say? Here we go, folks. Here we go. I'm going to talk through this so that I don't have to do any editing. Jordan's going to pause it. She's watching. This is what I would be if I was a sports commentator. She's looking. She's looking. She's still looking. She's going for the race. No, she says. She missed it, but she's trying to scrub. Okay, I probably will have to do some editing. Hold on. So let's see. 
Oh, there it is. There it is. She's pausing. Okay. Martin P. Franklin, Shadyside Mall custodial engineer. <laughs> Partner, friend, entrepreneur. <laughs> An entrepreneur is underlined. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy that's weird <laughs> it should, i don't know i don't really it's kind of like the hands still being together it's like whatever but it's just it's just funny it's like what custodian i mean i guess we're saying that he's thinking he's maybe more important than he well, is well, he, he's, you know it's like if you it's like pow, power of positive thinking so it's like yeah. yeah i'm a custodial custodian and i'm gonna make business cards for myself and i'm just gonna keep moving up the ladder when at and the end he's trying card. to sell like radios that are like basically yeah. ipods yeah he's just he's a business guy he's an entrepreneur yeah. it's underlined <laughs> that's i'm i'm glad you were able to find it though i'm and i'm frankly i'm a little shocked that you were able to same um so, so where are we? they get in the mall, and this is like the showdown. Uh-huh. And they're, they're sh- I like they're shooting blood at the ghosts, and the ghosts are attacking each other. Love all that stuff. I love that it's neon. It's just visually yeah. interesting. Um, so the plan is they lure the, the ghosts, reanimated corpses, into stores and trapping them. Yeah. But they're also, they're also trying to lure good so that they can kill good. And it works, but... They don't, good gets away. Yeah. And Dina goes after him. Mm-hmm. And they, they end up underground in the whole underground area because the mall is built on That's top right. of... That's right, yeah. All the, the locations we've been to in, the, in 78 and 66. Yeah. So while, while they're down there du- duking it out, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other characters are still up there fighting like you said. With yeah. the other and you know, there's people. classic. They're doing good, then they're not doing so good. They're solving problems. Yeah, are we really going to talk about every detail? Well, I will say, still going to get ugh, still did not get enough of the baby thing. Yeah, it's but also like perfect. The, the, it's it's the guy who has a bat and he hits it's a, a child. baby at one point or something. No, no but oh, it's, it's a but, child that's hitting an adult in the flashback. Yeah, and it's a child wearing like a a creepy baby mask. And yeah, I think it actually, they creepy. cast a child because of the, the way it walks and moves. It really feels like it's, a, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like, they're, they're not giving you enough and I want more. But that's also a the, good thing. That's the yeah. perfect thing. Yeah. But it is like, you just keep bringing back the, the big guys to fight. Yeah. Because they're stunt guys. Uh, I mean, it's not a, it's not a true complaint. Yeah. Please. Although that one guy with the, it seemed like he had a burned face or a uh-huh. weird mask. Was very creepy. He was very I creepy. I hated how yeah. he walked. Yeah. Oh very yeah. Weird. Um. So yeah. And and there is. Oh, I will say there is really nice tension because they're like just trust that they're gonna go for the blood and they'll walk by you. And when they yeah, first like show that. up and they're walking by and it's like ooh, like this is pretty intense. Yeah, it's good. Um, but then then there's the final showdown with the um the Stranger Things goop under the mall, and I like to imagine it's like a heart to the devil or something. Yeah. Um, I I was thinking, I was just like, man, if this goop was practical, this would be so much grosser and creepier. Yeah. Cause it's just like, Oh, this looks really, really fake. Yeah. Um, although it's pussy and that is gross. Yeah. So, um, Dina is trying to, I guess, kill it, but Sam shows up cause she got out and remember she's still possessed. Yeah. And the good also shows up. 
Yeah. And they start fighting. And then basically Sarah Fear kind of comes out of Dina and she forces Good to touch the goop. Yeah, and he sees everything. Yeah, and that like that kills him, right? Well, then she stabs him in the eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they come at... What's cool is they come out in that same spot where everyone keeps coming out, you know, uh-huh. like at the camp, and they're in the... They're in Good's house, and it's I think it's the mayor, which is Good's brother. Yes. And so, and they all get out, and they're like, what is this? What the heck? Yeah. And so it, all of that is just like, this is cool. Uh-huh. And, and, then, and, like, and then the mayor, like, immediately... It's not the mayor, it's just some other guy. It's just a Sunnyside person. Oh, it is? I'm pretty sure. I think it's just showing that a Sunnyside person just got in a car accident. Because Sunnyside, it's everyone's fortunate nothing ever bad happens to them, like quite literally, because of this whole deal with the devil thing. Uh And Shadyside is like where people of lower class live. Yeah. So they they show that this person gets gets hit by a car like pretty immediately after this whole curse is done to show like it's now like evening the playing field. That's pretty cool, actually. But what's kind of funny about it is like, so it was preventing people from like dying (laughs) in car accidents i hope that guy like does that guy deserve this like i hope he's okay i don't know who this person (laughs) is but then so then they that happens and then there's a nice moment where um uh uh iggy iggy ziggy ziggy goes to the nurse from fear street 1978 and she says like it's all over yeah and so that was a very sweet moment. And then everyone's fine. And then it says Fear Street. And then the camera well, pans. I, I like, though, I think this yeah. is before the credits. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The the brother is at school, and the, Martin is trying to sell a, what he claims to be better than a disc man. Yeah, that Although was the iPod type thing. Yeah. The pre-iPod. Um, And he, uh, her brother has a broken arm. Yeah, and this girl comes up to him and is like talking to him about how this system could be better. Oh, right, right, and right. And she signs his cast, and it's the the username of the queen person he's been IMing with for so long. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, he like maybe he'll have an actual like a face to face friend now. Yeah, so pretty cool. I yeah. like that. But yeah, so then the the credit stuff, and then the credits just show. Uh, the camera's floating, and then it looks at a, at the book that's still underground, and then the book is taken. And what's funny is, even though we watch so many franchises, that's what this whole podcast is about. When I see an ending like that, it's like this story's done, and I don't take that as like they're gonna make a bunch more Fear Streets. No, but I just need to stop being so naive. That's always what they're setting up with. Yeah, stuff like I just that. even if it is though, I just think it's more fun to think of it as in this world, this is the the book is lost, and maybe yeah. no one will know what happened to it for seventy years. And that's just fun to think about the what if. Yeah, because I I just like question marks are nice question to marks walk away are from so movie. So nice, and the, the it's just. I think people can get hung up on like, but what happened with this and what happened with this person? And like, they need to know answers to everything. Yeah. And that's part of why bingings become a thing. Cause you have to know what happens next. Yeah. And it's like, maybe just sit in it and let it yeah. marinate. That's why read well, that's- a, like, it just it makes me think of like, read a book. <laughs> yeah. Like stop watching so much TV and read a book, a book that you can't finish in like 
a book right you can't away. finish like, you in have one to, sitting. Okay, I'm, I gotta, you a, know, a go book, to sleep and think about it. Yeah, and, and a book or a book series that you've been meaning to read for a long time, that's a page turner and it's so good. And you do learn, learn a lot about this world. But sometimes, and I'm not saying this for all books, but books more than movies leave things more open-ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's beautiful. Maybe that's why we're more fine with that sort of feeling. Yeah. Because we, we read a lot. Well, I, I remember I recently <laughs> was listening to Stuff You Should Know. Uh-huh. And I heard Josh say that people who read fiction are likely to be, be like more okay with not having answers. Or, yeah. or more okay with... Um, I think it is not like like not having everything explained. Does wow. that, I, that's not how he said it. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Okay. I don't know what the I wish I remember does. how he said it. But, you know, speaking of people who just sit in it, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people because you, you maybe have watched a movie of our, that we cover and then you listen to us talk about it. I mean, that's kind of, you know, you're sitting yeah. in it. So thanks for taking the journey with us. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though, because I thought maybe I should look this up because this is what we do. There is a quote from Lee Yaniak. Uh, you have the canon of our... Uh, one of the things that I talked about before I was hired was that we have a potential to create a horror marvel where you can have slasher killers from lots of different eras. You have the canon of our main mythology that's built around the fact that the devil lives in shady side, so there's room for everything else. I hope that my... I think that my hope is that audiences like it enough that we can start building out more... And we can think about another trilogy would be what standalones would be, what TV would be. Hmm. Um, so I, I suppose there is certainly potential for more. And if there are, we will, uh, we always cover our series. I mean, if this becomes something where, you know, they're making like a ton of these since it's like they can just stream them right to you. Oh, yeah. We might have to pull a plug at some point. Because it becomes a TV show. Right. Well, and essentially. So, so final thoughts on Fear Street. I think it's very fun. These are like solid six out of tens for me. Um, just very fun slashers. Good movies for the most part. I didn't think seventy eight was very good. Um, and then, but I will say I think it does hurt it. And I, and I know that Netflix acquired these, but it feels like. Maybe Netflix did a pa- another pass on the editing or stuff like that. Because there are elements to these that, not so much in this one, although it is kind of two episodes in a way, um, but it, this felt a little more episodic and mm-hmm. a little more like, these are not movies, this is just like a mini-series. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the release. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have you only have a week to sit in it. But it's also sort of exciting and kind of fun. Fun experiment. So I'm I'm not... I'm just, I would put that as an asterisk of if they do make a lot more, it would be cool if they did maybe make them a little bit more, lean into the movie part of it a little bit more than the TV part of it. And I would also say, doesn't make sense to say it on the last movie, but if you're not a super big horror person, I think you could handle it. These movies are Unless not you're, very um, scary. Unless, unless like you don't like violence, then yeah, don't watch these movies. Yeah, because these are, pre- these but are I mean, hard in terms of violence. Yeah. Horror. Not just violence. They're you can you can go to scary. sleep after watching these. Yeah, because I, I think I think that one of the best parts of these movies is that they are, at the end of the day, kind of they're pretty fun. I mean, these are your gateway. These are your gateway drug into into 
more intense horror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think if you watch these and you haven't ever seen Halloween, you should watch Halloween. Yeah. I mean, if you liked it. And I guess I've never seen Friday the 13th, so maybe you should watch that too. Yeah, we should just watch that one night. Yeah, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, just knock those we out. We seem to do it. Um, but, okay, ranking-wise, I think we're in agreement. Fear Street yeah. 1978 is the the bottom. Yeah. The second one is 94, and the top one is 66. Yeah. Cool. Um, we're continuing the scares. This is October, folks. This is some pretty scary stuff going on now we're moving on to a series that i think is scary it but is also scary. still very fun very fun if you liked fear street you'll love scream yes i think that's pretty safe to assume yes and i mean clearly as we talked about a lot in 94 scream was a huge influence on these movies yes like huge scream influence. Ran so fear street could walk <laughs> but yes yeah, so we are jumping into scream next week and then if you know i'm gonna just say it early um we do a halloween episode every year in addition to our normally scheduled programming and we cover a movie that was supposed to launch a franchise but it failed to do so because what's scarier to a hollywood executive than a failed movie franchise and so this year um we're gonna cover chaos walking which is a YA adult book that came out in like February of this year or book la- or movie a book and then the mo- the movie came out uh, last year which came first idea wise does the, someone the, commission I think these someone are books. to write the book I, oh okay I, but we'll find out because I haven't done any and research this is the movie's written by Charlie Kaufman no it was almost we're we'll, we're gonna get to it because that is one of the wildest things I've ever heard. we're gonna cover all of that okay um. So we're going to cover that. It was a failed thing. It starred Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. I believe it pretty it, much failed when the trailer came out. Yes. And I, I think it was last year it came out. Uh-huh. And it was like, I mean, I remember watching the box office and it was like. Dismal. I don't even know if this made like a third of its budget. I mean, because the budget of this movie got so out of hand and it made no money. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun episode. So if you want to watch beforehand, definitely go to your local library and get it or maybe rent it because they probably need the money (laughs) but next week it's scream and it's kill bill volume two on the uh patreon adios